This is Jeff Cross, and welcome to the January 16th, 2023 edition of Views on the News from the Couch, a baby boomer's attempt to pass along his views on the news. Quick hitters. The backstory on Republican Congressman George Santos gets worse and worse. He's the guy who seems to have lied on his resume, on his background. I would not hire him to be the night manager at a McDonald's or to babysit my kids or to deliver the mail. But he is a duly elected congressman and that he will stay unless they can pin a crime on him. A crime that we better be willing to apply across the board because what starts as a targeted use to kick someone out of Congress who deserves to be kicked out of Congress could be abused. Maybe we will just have to wait for the voters to fire him, kind of like the founders intended. I spent 10 minutes trying to internet search for other congressmen who lied about their background and could only get stories on Santos, with one exception, that talked about why the Santos case is worse. Makes me think the algorithms are rigged. I don't pay for the Washington Post, so I can't read the linked article by Dr. Leanna Wen, who is a CNN medical analyst and also writes for the Washington Post. It is titled, We Are Overcounting COVID Deaths in Hospitalization. That's a problem. I have read of her article and other outlets where she talks to hospital folks, doctors, and experts who say we are overcounting COVID deaths because we are mingling folks who died from COVID with a larger group that died with COVID. No kidding. Conservatives have said that literally for years. Moving on. I link to an interesting article in The Atlantic by Philip Payson O'Brien titled Time is on Ukraine's Side, Not Russia's. Paints a tough picture for Russia. I link to an interesting article by Brandon J. Weichert titled Ukraine Will Lose to Russia Unless It Makes a Deal. He makes a strong argument that Ukraine needs to negotiate with Russia and be willing to give away territory. My thoughts? Nothing new. Putin wants out, but in a way where he can claim it was not a mistake. If Ukraine gives Putin what he already had, Putin can claim he got the title. I think Ukraine should do that, but they don't seem to want to. I'm all for standing on principle, but maybe not as the floor is crumbling. But if Ukraine keeps fighting, I hope they embarrass the hell out of Russia. Don't paint me as pro-Russian. It seems a fourth round of classified documents were found in the Biden orbit. A few thoughts. The house where the last three batches of documents have been found was also, maybe only for a while, used by Hunter Biden, a drug guy with ties to the Chinese. If we are going to compare Trump versus Biden, Trump was worse because he was asked to return the documents and was obstinate, but maybe better because the area was protected by the Secret Service. One person I read on this subject said, be careful of narratives that start in the middle. I think that meant the classified documents were found by lawyers and soon turned over to the government. But it seems like they found some, then a month later found some more, then a month later found some more, and then a day later found some more. But no conversation on how the documents got there, were they moved, were they used, etc. The story starts in the middle. But here is the real nugget for today. Democrats may love this turn of events. It might push Biden not to run for re-election. Biden might say, I can't run for re-election because there is a special counsel investigation. 
I'm not saying he can't run. I'm saying his half-hearted supporters could use it as an out. Joe, we were behind you until this. And then I had an epiphany. I don't use the word epiphany often, so I'm not sure I'm using the word correctly. I had a thought that scared the hell out of me. What if there are more classified documents found, and it is viewed by all as impeachable? Next up is Kamala Harris. We all understand the idea that we ought to follow the advice from experts. Makes sense. But sometimes we should go no way. Let me give you a few examples. Bloodletting was a key medical treatment for literally thousands of years. They would cut into the vein and bleed the patient to improve some overall balance. They did this well into the 1800s with it losing favor as late as 1900. Dr. Pierre-Charles Alexander Lewis started in 1820 studying if this therapy made sense. He looked at outcomes and tried to make adjustments for other factors like age and severity of the underlying illness. Eventually, he concluded that bloodletting did not work and might make things worse. Note, it was many years after his work that his view prevailed. I wonder if the social media of the day thought he was a denier and tried to suppress his comments. But bloodletting was not the only dubious treatment likely based on no data. According to the linked article by Nathan Birch titled The Ten Most Insane Medical Practices in History, one, we gave morphine to children to calm them down. Two, mercury was used to cure all sorts of things. Actually worked on syphilis, though it was still tough. Three, got a cough, take heroin. Four, lobotomies. Seriously, lobotomies. That one got a Nobel Prize, though the winner was not the doctor that really abused things. Five, drink your own urine. I'll stop with this article. A separate article says that in the 1800s, a cure for rheumatism in Australia was to sit in the carcass of a rotting whale for over a day. Allegedly, your rheumatism would be gone for a year. What do these have in common? Say it and it is so. No need for proof. Or at the best, let's use anecdotal proof. Fred did it and it worked for Fred. Don't you want to be like Fred? Some of these were probably fly-by-night people just trying to make money. But bloodletting was standard. I bet there was a time that failure to prescribe bloodletting could get a doctor in trouble. Maybe similar for mercury. Why did I bring this up today? Well, I think we can add another useless medical practice to this list. Face masks. I don't mean for football players or hockey goalies, but the mask to prevent the spread of COVID. Full disclosure. I'm inclined towards this position since starting around August of 2020, I was raising the question if masks work. I started by saying, isn't it funny that there is no solid study that shows face masks work? I thought that surprising since we were in the midst of a world pandemic of epic modern day proportions, but no solid study. The CDC with its huge budget kept trotting out bullshit that was soon debunked. I love throwing the word debunk back at them. The linked article is by Leslie Brown, Jean Noble, and Margaret Marjorie Smackinson, and is titled The Scientific Case Against Face Masks, and the subtitle is The Press is Once Again Promoting a Measure Proved to Be Ineffective. All three are doctors who seem to have expertise in this area, but as always, you should consider the information carefully. The authors start by saying many in the press say we ought to put the mask back on, quote, 
to prevent seasonal spread of influenza, RSV, COVID-19, and run-of-the-mill colds, end quote. And that advice is supported by medical experts. No, they're saying many in the press are saying that. The authors say, quote, Glaringly absent is high-quality data to support claims that masking reduces spread of circulating seasonal viruses, end quote. No, they are not just talking about COVID. They say the absence of data in the discussion may be because, quote, three years into the pandemic, there are no rigorous studies showing masks to be an effective method of viral infection control. In fact, the highest quality scientific studies, randomized control trials, show the opposite, that masks make little to no difference in controlling the spread of influenza, SARS-CoV-2, or RSV. End quote. We were told N95 masks are better. They will save you. I bought the idea and bought the N95 masks. The author suggests I wasted my money. Quote, while fitted N95s can be effective at protecting against bacterial and droplet transmission, several RCTs, randomized control trials, have found them not to be significantly better than surgical masks at protecting against influenza or SARS-CoV-2 infection. They, end quote, they suggest that a lot of the lower quality studies are not randomized control studies. Sometimes the time period is cherry-picked to show masks work, but if you extend the time period, the advantage goes away. They also note that in some studies, asymptomatic testing was not done if students were masked, but was done if students were not masked. They go into details that I won't include here, won't include here. but as important as this issue is, I suggest you read the article and or listen to the interview. These are not kooks. They seem to be quite knowledgeable. So will our obsession with masks be the modern-day equivalent of bloodletting? Maybe. I think so. Note, I have no issues with our leaders who push for masks in the first months of the pandemic. Who knew and we had to do something? Thanks for listening to Views on the News from the Couch. If you like this podcast, please share with your friends. If you did not like it, please share with the rest of the folks you know. And if you know someone in Antarctica, please, please share with them. Thank you.